anybody excited for the day? Anybody excited to host the presence of the Lord today? I don't know what you came in here with today, but I just wanna tell you I'm so expectant for every single person that's in this room, every single person that's online. I believe, not only do I believe, I know that God has something in store for us. So if anybody's ready to receive, come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause. You guys can take a seat. You can take a seat. My name is High King. Paul, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I have the privilege and honor of serving as one of the pastors here. New Spring Church is my home, and I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of this campus specifically. This is where, really, I was raised at the Anderson campus. We didn't really have any of those other campuses yet, uh, but I'm so honored to be here with you. In saying all of that, there's something coming up the last week, uh, weekend of July, and it's called The Weekend, and it's for our middle and high school students. So if you're in middle or high school, we want for you to know we want nothing more than for you to experience The Weekend. And if you have uh, any questions, please swing by guest services or go, go to theweekend.cc. Uh, there's one week uh, left for us to sign up, and we'd love for you to join us. So uh, in saying all of that, uh, my family and I were on vacation a couple of weeks ago down in Merle's Inlet. South Carolina, my favorite place to vacation with my family. Anybody love Merle's Inlet? Anybody in the house? Five people, great, okay. Uh, it's a special place, but I was sitting on the beach. Uh, just so you know, I, I sit while my family goes out. Uh, if you don't know this about black people, we don't really get into the ocean, okay? Um, and some of you are thinking, is it okay to laugh? It's 2021. Um, I know, but we're no ordinary family and I can be honest with you, okay? Uh, so it's okay to laugh. If, if you don't have a relationship, then it'd be a little bit awkward. So, but in saying that, I'm sitting on the beach and my, my wife and kids are, are playing and uh, I received this phone call from, from one of my spiritual fathers and Pastor Lee McDermott. And I'm torn in this moment because uh, I know that if I don't answer the phone, I'm gonna miss out on what God is saying to him, uh, through him to me. And I also feel this tension that if I do pick up the phone, then he's gonna fuss at me because I'm on vacation. And uh, so I don't answer the phone and I just text back and say, hey man, I'm on vacation. Um, is it urgent or can I call you back? So he sent me a voice message. Uh, he, he, and he, he texted and said, hey, just listen to this. And um, I don't know about you, but I love a good voice message. I don't enjoy texting too much, but as long as the voice message is under two minutes, I'm good with it. If it's longer than that, just pick up the phone and call me, okay? Um, but he leaves this voice message and just basically says, King, that's how he always talks to me, makes me feel good. King, uh, we're sitting around with the teaching team and man, we're so excited and expectant for this marriage series. And man, we just really feel like God wants you to preach in this series. Um, we're gonna give you the uh, talk on intimacy the third week of this series. Okay, <laughs> give me the sex talk, huh? Uh, so I immediately text help to the number 30303. Uh, didn't really get a response back, but <laughs> all that to say, if, you, if you're new to New Spring, here's what I want you to know. If you text anything to 30303, you need gas. Text gas to 30303. We'll get someone to tell you a local gas station. Uh, but it's just our, our magic number where we are able to connect with you. Uh, so in saying that, I, I, I realized immediately I'm thinking out of my flesh when it comes to intimacy. All of us have this mindset that intimacy means sex, and that's partially true. Sex is really the fruit of true intimacy. 
And so what I want to do in our time today is to simply get to the root. And the way that we're gonna do that is getting into God's word. And we're gonna see this in Genesis three. So if you have your Bible or your copy of scriptures, feel free to turn there. Or if you have the New Spring app, feel free uh, to pull that up. We're gonna get there in a second. But in Genesis one, we understand that God creates the heavens and the earth and everything in between and it was good. And at the end of Genesis one, he creates man. He creates us out of his image. And he says that it's good, but then he gets, we get to Genesis 2 where God places the man in the Garden of Eden. And then towards the end of Genesis 2, we see that this one space where it's not good. And that's because man was alone. So what God did was created out of man his wife and made two become one flesh. And then it says that the two became one flesh and they were naked and unashamed. Then we get to Genesis 4 and verse 1, where it says that Adam knew his wife. This is meaning, this word in Hebrew means yada, simply meaning that he knew his wife in the sense of having sex with his wife. So you go from Genesis 2, where they're naked and unashamed, you get to Genesis 4, where he knows his wife. But in Genesis 3, there's something that takes place. And that's what we're going to pick up in Scripture today. We're gonna start in verse seven, but before I start in verse seven, what I want for you to know is that in the beginning of of Genesis three, it says that there was this serpent that's more the most crafty uh, beast among the field. And this is a representation, not representation. It's speaking of Satan himself who comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he attacks the woman based on a command that was given to the husband in, in chapter two. And so after this, he attacks the woman and simply says, Uh, to her, did God really say this? And she falls into the trap. And we're gonna pick up in in verse seven. It says this here. Says this in, in verse seven. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees and of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard, heard you in the sound of the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, this crazy woman you gave to be with me gave me this fruit that I ate. Just so you know, that's a man's version of talking to God. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The title of this message is called Know Your Spouse. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for your word that it remains true, not just today, but every day. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would you speak to us in such a way, God, that you transform us and and allow us to to continue to become like your son, Jesus. And Lord, I lay down my life on this altar today. And I pray your words back to you from your prophet, Elijah, that says, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I, and your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. 
I pray and seal all of this up in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So if, if sex is the fruit of intimacy, what is intimacy? I wanna give you a simple definition that intimacy simply means to know and to be known. To know and to be known. Now we know in Genesis four that Adam knew his wife physically, but in Genesis three, what we see is there's this parallel that before you get to uh, the, the physical intimacy, there's something that you need to experience emotionally and spiritually. So as we unpack this uh, passage of scripture, there's three observations that I wanna give you in my time today. That the first observation is this, in order to experience true intimacy, to truly know your spouse, one, you need to come out of hiding. Number one, you need to come out of hiding. What do I mean by this? I don't know about you, but one of my favorite games uh, to play when I was growing up was this game called Hide and Seek. I don't know if it's because I grew up in Antrimville, South Carolina, and there's nothing there but Frank Crawford's uh, gas station, and there's a lake nearby, nothing else, okay? That's it. But because of this, one of the favorite things that my cousins and my older brother would love to do is play hide and seek. And I think it was the fact that I loved running away from my, uh, my cousins uh, and hiding and trying to make sure they can't find me so that I can get back on base. We had a lot of fun. But can I tell you, now that I'm a dad, one of my least favorite games to play <laughs> is hide and seek. If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's kind of lame <laughs> because your kids are running around and you have to act like you don't know where they are. And you hear them making noises and then you get to the space and it's like, um, I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, babe, do you know where Ava is? No, I don't know where she is. I don't know where she is. And my, my daughter is sitting here, I'm in here, daddy. I'm like, you're not supposed to tell me where you are. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So then I get to this place and she scares me and jumps out. And I'm like, you missed the whole point of the game. You're not supposed to let me know where you are. But she's three and so I understand. But the reason why I bring that up is because what I've noticed in my observation of pastoring so many people in the years of being a part of this church is a lot of us play hide and seek in our marriage. What do I mean by that? A lot of us will hide from each other emotionally. And what I've discovered is the reason that this takes place oftentimes in the church is because most of us grew up in church in the Bible Belt to where we, what our definition of marriage is, is hey, make sure you get married so that you can have sex. Until then, don't have sex. It's like, oh, great. My body's telling me something different. Uh, I'm feeling you know, a different type of way. And you're telling me I've gotta wait until I get married before I have sex. So what do we do? We idolize sex for the sake of marriage. And then we have this culture that's also, you go to school, you go to work, and everything is about sex. You turn on your phone, everything's about sex, but you telling me that I gotta wait until I get married before I can have sex. So then we get into marriage and we think that marriage was supposed to be all about sex. And then we realize, oh my God, I don't have any, any intimacy in my marriage because I don't know what else to do outside of just trying to have sex with my spouse, but I am starting to understand that uh, I can't really have sex with my spouse because my spouse won't talk to me. Why won't you talk to me? Well, uh, you get home from work and it's like, hey babe, how was your day? Good. This is a cell phone, by the way. How was work, babe? It was good. Oh, cool. Um, anything exciting happened today? Nope. The kids are outside playing, you wanna go play? 
uh, I'm just tired. It was a long day, babe. Like, I'm just tired. Great. Um, and then the spouse is on the other side thinking, is he mad at, or is she mad at me? Like, why won't you talk to me? And what I've observed is because you stop doing what you started doing and going out on actual dates, maybe once a month, once a week, and that intimacy starts to fade. And before you know it, the intimacy is fading in your marriage because you're not having conversation, but all the while, while your spouse is going to work, there's someone else who's trying to have conversation. They don't follow Jesus, they don't care, but they're trying to get to the heart. Hey, how are you today? Actually, I'm feeling kind of bummed. Why? My husband or my wife just not even talking to me. Really? Really? I'll talk to you, what's going on? Before you know it, there's an affair that's starting what? Emotionally, that leads to what? Physically. And that's a shame and then I, I question there's so many divorce rates within the church and it breaks my heart because we've, again, idolized not only marriage, but we've idolized sex to the point that we don't start to think about the things that leads to it for us because God intends for us to have physical intimacy, but he also wants us to know each other emotionally. So then we start to divide and here's what I want for you to simply know. The more that you hide, the more that you divide. And God's plan for your, your marriage is to not divide the two of you, but to step in so that he can meet with both of you. So here's my second observation, at least in, into this, is to know God. We simply need to know the presence of God. Adam and Eve, and it says this in, um, in verse eight, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Why did they hide themselves? Because they were ashamed. They went from naked and unashamed to being ashamed. And when you're ashamed emotionally based on things that have happened to you or happening to you, you wanna hide yourselves from the presence of God. But here's what I want for you to know. That's exactly where God wants you to be. He wants to step in and clean you up and clean your spouse up so that you know his presence and he, he reminds you of who you are in him, not based on what has happened to you. This is God's, God's intent for you and I in our marriage right now. So here's an here's a, a, a interesting thing about this passage. Satan uh, came after Eve, but God came after Adam and Eve. Satan comes after one because he knows if I can come after one of you, I can divide you. God comes after both because he knows if I can get both of you, into my presence, I'll make sure that the two of you understand that you are one from the beginning and you'll be one forever until uh, Jesus comes back. So the reason why you and I have a hard time experiencing the presence of God is because a lot of us don't spend enough time in the word of God. But here's what I wanna tell you. It's not too late for you to get into the word of God so that you can understand the presence of God. This is why at New Spring Church, we're gonna ask you to text, read my Bible to the number 30303. We're gonna text you every single day. Why? Because we want for you to have an everyday relationship with God. And what I want for you to know, whether you're single or if you're married, is that you can experience an everyday relationship with God right now and it's not too late. God doesn't want for you to hide from him. He wants to step to you and be for you so that you understand that he is for your marriage. I wanna say this to the men of the house. If you think you're too far gone for God, you're wrong. Women, if you think you're too far from God, you're wrong. 
God has amazing things in store for you and in store for your marriage. And all you have to do is to experience his presence. And the easiest way to experience his presence is not just coming to church on Sunday, but spending an everyday relationship with him so that he can be for you. For far too long, we as a church have mistaken the presence of God by being present in church. And here's what I wanna tell you, there's nothing wrong with coming to church on a Sunday, but if you think that's the only day that God wants you to experience his presence, then you're mistaken. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people who love to host people in their home. Why? What I've learned is a lot of people wanna show off what they've got in their house. Man, come on in, yeah, let me, this, come on in, let's eat this meal, brother, it's amazing, it's gonna be awesome. Yep, have a good time. The problem is, too many of us don't wanna host the presence of God in our house. Because when we host the presence of God in our house, oftentimes what we think is God's gonna come in here and he's gonna condemn me and make me feel bad. And he doesn't wanna make you feel bad. He wants you to understand who you are, which leads into my third observation is to know yourself. Simply know yourself. Because when you understand who you are, you'll understand what your role is in Christ as a husband and as a wife. Here's what I mean by this very simply. I'm not saying to know your Enneagram type. I know the older generation, what is the Enneagram? It's a personality test. If you've never taken it, don't. Here's why. Because too many of us in the millennial and Gen Z generation, we've used it as an idol to tell each other, this is exactly who I am. No, that's who you were before you had a relationship with Jesus Christ. We've used the Enneagram test as an, as, as an idol to say, oh, I'm a type three or I'm a type one. No, you're a type Jesus. And his spirit lives on the inside of you and you don't have to uh, submit to the authority of, of the power of this world. We have a gospel, we have a king who's on a throne and we have his spirit living inside of us and he wants to revive us and bring revival in our marriage. Can I get an amen? So the problem is too many of us, just so you know, what type are you? I'm sure you're wondering. I would associate myself as a type one, which is the perfectionist, right? To the point where I will leave here and I'll have so many thoughts in my mind. Did I do this right? Did I do that right? But you know what I've learned? When I leave this platform today, I'm gonna say, God, you did it. I trusted you before. I'm gonna trust you after. I'm submitted to you. You're the only one that's perfect. It's not me and it's no one else on this planet. Can I get an amen, somebody? So here's the other thing that I want for you to know in Genesis 3, it says this in verse 20. It says this in verse 20, if you understand who you are, right? You'll understand your role. In verse 20, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Why did he call her Eve? In the beginning of Genesis uh, 3, or at the end of Genesis 2, you know what God's telling Adam to do? Hey, name all of the living. In Genesis 3, because he experienced the presence of God, he remembered what his role was before he experienced the enemy. Adam went from blaming his wife to naming his wife. Why? Because he experienced the presence of God. Men of God, here's what I want for you to know. It's time for us to start, stop blaming our wives and get in alignment with the Spirit of God and start naming our, our wives and naming new identity over them because we experienced the presence of God. We want for our wives to submit but we're not oftentimes submitted to the Father. So what we expect for them to do is submit and wash the dishes and, and do all these different things. But because we're not emotionally connected to our spouses, then they don't feel good enough. And the reason why they don't feel good enough is because you don't feel good enough. 
But if you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you'll speak life over your wife. You'll speak life over your husband. This isn't just a message for the men of the house. This is for the women as well. Women, I wanna tell this to you. If you allow your husband to only hear from your mouth his past, it's not gonna make him feel good. It's gonna make him feel shame, just like you would feel shame. So what do we have to do? Experience the presence of God. Here's what it also says in verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Why is this important? I shared in the beginning of Genesis 3 that the man and the wife, Adam and Eve, clothed themselves. What's verse 21 mean? It means that when you belong to Jesus Christ, he takes all of the things that you put on yourself and he gives you new clothes. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is what you and I need every single day in our relationship with him, not understanding our past, but understanding that in this present moment, you are clothed in Jesus Christ. Scripture says that we are hidden in him. This means that if you're a man or you're a woman and you belong to Jesus Christ, the father, when he looks at you, he doesn't see you, he sees his son, Jesus Christ. Smile, that's really good news. I get that from my brother, Dan Leanne. You need to understand that God is for you and he has clothed you. That means that everything that you've done, past, present, and future, it's done in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen, somebody? Now, I told you guys this from the very beginning, that when uh, my spiritual father, Lee, called me a few weeks ago, that he said he wanted me to preach this message. What I didn't tell you is that when I got back, the process after I got back from the beach, what do I mean? It's a beautiful process that sitting with the teaching team, I love them deeply. And I was so honored to sit around the table and say, hey, we want you to give this talk on intimacy. What do you feel like God's saying to you? And before I know it, I'm giving out all these different things. And just so you know how this process works, everybody just basically, oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> oh, that, that's pretty terrible. Or, hey, what about this? Uh, I'm, I'm joking on that. But they give you so many different ideas and et cetera. Man, that sounds like this. And you can imagine Clayton's ready to come out of his seat 24-7 like, man, that's so good. He's pumping you up. And before I know it, the room gets silent. And my big bro, Dan Leanne, just looks at me and says, I think you just need to settle this in your heart. You need to answer this question, because all this sounds good, but why are you the guy to preach this message on the third week of Tested Love for New Spring Church? Before I knew it, I was like, man, that's a good question. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> so I, I went to... Uh, coffee shop, which I love, I sat down with my computer, and I just simply asked the Lord, God, why would you have me among all the saints, which I feel the least of? Why would you have me to preach this message in this moment in history at New Spring Church? And the strong sense that I got from God in a summary was that a lot of the things that I experienced before my marriage, I feel that a lot of people are experiencing right now in your marriage. So what I wanna do in the next few moments is to tell you a little bit about my story in hopes that it resonates with you in such a way that it transforms you through you allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you. I grew up here in South Carolina uh, with both of my parents, amazing 
older brother, two younger sisters. We're at church every Sunday. And as pastors love to say, I was a drug baby. My parents drugged me to church, right? And so I experienced that. But through the, the, the season of life of going through high school and college, I played football and I was a quarterback on the team. And what I was introduced to for the first time was pornography. A lot of people were talking about it in the locker room and I'm acting like I know what it is and I don't, but before I know it, I'm addicted to it. And I have no place to go and nobody to talk to because everyone in the locker room is just like me. Go to church every single Sunday, but the rest of the week you just do your own thing. And I feel like God's so strong, everybody's telling me strong, but he's not taking this away from me. So I say, God help me. Before I know it, I'm in relationship after relationship and it just continuously leads to sexual immorality and I feel like a mess. I'm saying, God, if you're so real, if you're so powerful, then why don't you take this from me? I get to college and I'm in a relationship and I get a girl pregnant, which leads to an abortion. And I'm sick to my stomach because I'm saying, if my family knew this about me, they'd be so disappointed in me. If I go to the church and confess this, they're gonna kick me out. And I'm sick to my stomach. I can't look in the mirror. I feel so much shame and guilt because my parents didn't raise me this way. And I moved back home with my parents and my dad looks at me in the eyes and he says, son, you look sick. He said, but I know what it is because you know my story. It's sexual sin and you gotta stop it. You can do it. Not only do I believe in you, but I believe in you to break this generational curse in our family. And I wanna tell you, church, I've done it. And I'm gonna keep doing it because I'm gonna keep fighting for the presence of God. But through this conversation, I fought before I know it, pornography's gone. I've been free over a decade and it feels amazing. I didn't know it were possible. And I'm serving within this church. I start an internship at the Greenville campus and I meet the woman beyond my dreams, my now wife, Kareem Paul. We date for two and a half years and God was so faithful to us. We fought for purity and we made it. And here's the thing about this relationship. We got closer and closer to where I said, I wanna marry you. But if I'm gonna marry you, I gotta let you know everything about me. I've told you about my previous relationships, but what I didn't tell you was that I got a girl pregnant and it led to an abortion and I'm so sorry. I know you're gonna wanna not be with me anymore. There's somebody who's so good for you because you're a woman of purity. I'm sorry. She looks at me with tears in her eyes and says, I love you just as much now as I did before you told me. I said, what? What is this? I confess that I came out of hiding. We get married. It's amazing, about a year and a half in, my wife still can't keep her hands off of me. <laughs> we get pregnant. This baby boy's on the way. 
We go to the doctor to check in. The doctor says, I'm sorry, I've got some bad news. Your son is shrinking. I said, well, what does this mean? Like, you have no emotion on your face. And she said, this just means that he could be a stillborn baby. There's two people I don't cry in front of. That's my mom and my wife. We got to the car and I weep. I said, babe, I'm so sorry. This is my fault. It's not yours. Our son is gonna die because of all the things that I've done wrong, because of the abortion, because of all the people that I've hurt. I'm so sorry. And my wife said, that's a lie from the enemy. Don't you believe it? I called my mom, I called our prayer warriors, and I asked for something to shift in the spirit realm. And I wanna tell you, it did. Our son is now four years old. We go back to the doctor and here's what the doctor says. There's a miracle taking place. Your son is growing. Here's a picture of my son. This is him. His name is Elijah, but I call him Prince. That's his middle name. I want him to keep some black culture. <laughs> I kid you not, church. Ooh, I'm sweating like T.D. Jakes. <laughs> we go outside from the doctor's office, and it's snowing. And I'm not one who memorized a scripture like me, Lee McDermott. But when I walked out, I heard a small voice that said, your sins are as white as snow. And I said, God, you're so good. <laughs> I'll never question you again. I've given my life to you, and I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. I'm going to pursue my, my, my wife. I'm going to pursue my kids, and I'm going to give my life to your church, and I'm going to do it until I die. And the reason why I would sit before you, New Spring Church, today to open myself up is because I want for you to open yourself up. Last week, Dan gave us homework. Today, I want to give you a pop quiz. I don't want you to go home and think about it. I want it to be done today. There's some of you, you're hiding something in your marriage, whether it's the past or the present, and you need to come out of hiding. There's some of you today, you haven't been spending time in the presence of God because you feel like you're too far gone. God is for you. He always has been and he always will be. This is why he sent his son, Jesus. There are some of you, you don't know who you are because you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and he wants to give you a relationship today. Romans 10 and verse nine says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Meaning we will be clothed just like Adam and Eve were. He'll take what was on you and he'll give you something new and you will be hidden in him. This is what he wants for every single person on the planet because everyone is created in his image. Everyone. So now, I'm gonna pray for you. New Spring Church, here's what I'm gonna ask you at this 11:15 gathering. Don't allow your emotions, because I'm crying, here's what I'm gonna tell Don't allow my emotions to make you move. I want the spirit of the living God to make you move today if you need to move. Because if he makes you move, you'll not only move today, you'll move every day in step with him in the cool of the garden. Yeah. I'm gonna pray for us. We're gonna allow a pastor to come out and guide us in this quiz today. Father God, we love you, we thank you.
thank you for this series and tested love. God, none of us love taking a test, but we all love tested things. I pray for every marriage in New Spring Church, God, that we would pass the test today, that we would trust you. I know it's scary, it's so scary, but God, you are faithful. So if we need to confess, we will confess and know that we will receive the healing that only you can provide. Have your way in this time. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.